Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 144 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. Joining me on the podcast today is Vishal Yadav. He is the founder and CEO of Female Cricket, which aims to inspire and empower female cricketers around the world. It's been over 6 years since this initiative and his venture has connected him with over 5 lakh plus female cricket enthusiasts through his social and digital channels. They also run a cricket academy exclusively for girls here in Mumbai and have trained over 350 plus girls. He aims to make a bigger and better impact through female cricket and, and has ideas and projects that can bring about a solid change around women's cricket in the world. Prior to this, he has had the experience of working with Amazon India as an FBA associate for two and a half years. He has also worked in the corporates for four years before taking the entrepreneurial plunge. It gave him immense satisfaction and thrill in seeing community cricket development around the world. He has also had the wonderful opportunity to interact with and interview national cricket players, both male and female support staff and coaches in over 95 countries. He also got an opportunity to learn about these 95 cricket playing nations across the world. Without further ado, let's hop on to understand more about his journey. Hello sir, welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. How are you doing today? doing great uh, in fact i uh, you know just finished another podcast mm-hmm. with another uh, uh, guest i can't reveal the name yet <laughs> because it's a little uh, private mm-hmm. but yeah just got done with another podcast and now i'm recording another podcast so i think it's it's a podcast day today <laughs> yes so and uh, looking forward to picking your brains about your journey and everything women's cricket as well So you know to just kick start the proceedings what was your childhood like and could you also talk about some of your early influences that kind of shaped your life as well childhood childhood was uh, pretty hectic because unfortunately i was good with studies so my <laughs> uh, my parents my grandparents would always uh, put those you know, unnecessary pressure on my head that you need to score these many marks you need to score well in our academics Mm-hmm. and for the very same reason my my cricket took a back seat because uh, the moment you know the percentage would go down my parents would end up at the principal's office saying that uh, you know so uh, he's spending a lot of time uh, playing cricket outside so uh, you know just give him some beatings give him some scoldings and he needs to be back <laughs> on the track so that was the reason why i could not get into the professional side of things Mm-hmm. uh never actually got the chance to enroll myself in a professional setup uh always and uh, would you know play the gully kind of cricket so yeah that that that's how the childhood was and uh, overtook my academics my studies it basically overtook my my cricket life i would say right and you know in spite of these hurdles what are some of your earliest memories of cricket and uh, something that you know got you first interested in the game ah uh, my earliest memory of cricket uh, i would like to give credits to my uncle who i remember he was watching the 2003 uh, cricket world cup and uh, back then sehwag sachin tendulkar lakshman used to be the household names right hmm. and uh, he he was watching and that was my first instance i remember watching cricket on tv um i don't remember who was playing i think india was playing because my uncle was closely watching the match 
and against with, who was the opponent i don't remember the name who won the match i don't remember that but what uh, i loved about the overall this particular sport was that there's so many people at the stadium and every time the ball would reach the boundary lines the cameraman would uh, you know focus on the uh, his his camera on the crowd and people would just uh, erupt uh, celebrating the, the particular boundary whenever uh, a catch would go down or uh, a bowler would take a wicket people would just just celebrate uh, that and that, uh, what i loved about the cricket was that emotion uh, mm-hmm. which sort of uh, stuck with me during that particular uh, cricket match i would say so that was my earliest cricket memory my uncle was the one who got me introduced to this to this cricket to this game right and even growing up right who are some of your favorite cricketing models or even role models for that matter this can be male or female and do you have current favorites ah uh, so again so i grew up in those societies where you would have those 40 50 houses adjacent to each other mm-hmm. and uh, we used to call it mohallas uh and uh, what do you do in free time right with other kids you play something and growing growing up in 90s early 2000 so to say mm-hmm. it was cricket all over be it school at home on the tv or uh, with friends uh, every evening it used mm-hmm. to be super competitive and i love that whole competitive vibe so to say about the sport and that's how this fan in me grew uh, apart from apart from that to answer your question about my role models or mm-hmm. favorite cricketers it has to be ms dhoni uh, and uh, after the 2007 world cup out of nowhere this man comes from ranchi and becomes an overnight sensation mm-hmm. and his story was so relatable right a small yeah. town boy an underdog making a name for himself and i think that was something i, I loved the most about his character Hmm. apart from the fact that he was super cool on the field uh and his witty lines behind the stumps i think uh, these characteristics is what i loved about uh, ms dhoni and he still remains to be my favorite cricketer <laughs> absolutely you know dhoni is a household name and the way he's evolved in his career and he's such an inspiration to uh, so many of us right and uh, right. many of the guests i have interviewed on my podcast too uh, you know they tell that they have watched women cricket much women's cricket much later in their life so in your formative years how did you get exposure to women's cricket and do you have any memories of watching the women's game either live on television or in the stadium uh again i think my answer would also be the same mm-hmm. uh, just like every women cricket supporter women cricket fan out there we all regret of not having watched the likes of uh, the legends like anjum chopra jaya sharma anju jain mm-hmm. uh, mithali rana of course uh, when she was in her initial years chulan goswami because these matches are not televised and even if they were we were all so consumed and so busy watching celebrating men's cricket Hmm. so uh, i i honestly don't remember remember when was the first time i watched a women's cricket match i, I have no memory of that hmm. uh, all i remember is that 2016 t20 women's world cup uh, i was very much looking forward to that because a month prior to that we had female cricket launched so we wanted a tournament ah. that we could cover that hmm. we could talk about that we could celebrate 
and 2016 women's t20 world cup uh, happened to be that tournament so i i vividly have uh, got a lot of memories around this tournament but uh, when was the first time i watched the women's cricket i don't mm-hmm. remember could be in 2013 or 14 during the uh, world cup which was in india hmm. but uh, I, i honestly don't remember <laughs> right it is the case with uh, most of us right lack of expo- exposure has been a problem but uh, oh. even uh, when you talk about your uh, like you were working in the corporate right so what caused that dramatic shift from working in the corporate to being an entrepreneur and what prompted you to start female cricket <laughs> well it wasn't a dramatic shift actually it was a very slow transition from my corporate life to uh, a startup life to an entrepreneur life mm-hmm. so what happened was female cricket started in 2016 and uh, i i had no savings at all okay mm. and my my dad was wasn't very pro to this idea of me starting something of my own mm-hmm. uh, at an early age because he had some very bad experiences when he was doing something of of this sort in his uh, growing up years hmm. so uh, the apprehensions were always there so there was there wasn't any financial support from the family to start a business hmm. so i knew that if i have to work uh, if i have to sustain this the startup if i have to sustain my own business i have to work make some money save some money and uh, reinvest in the business to keep things afloat mm. so i did that uh, started working back in 2013 when i was still in my college uh, used to be those internships those part time projects continued working continued working also did a uh, did work in a startup that's where i got this got the hang of things of how startups work uh, worked there for two two and a half years uh then joined another corporate uh because i was wasn't enjoying much uh, of the corporate life started something of my own which happened to be female cricket mm-hmm. and then again continued my foray continued my work in the corporate sector uh the previous being the amazon india for two and a half years so mm-hmm. it has been a long corporate gig before i transitioned or before i moved completely to uh, to entrepreneurship and it was in may 2019 before uh, may 2019 when i took this plunge of coming full time on this project on female cricket right and uh, we must say you know that <laughs> plunge into female cricket and handling it has been spectacular so far so if you had to you know assess your journey so far in female cricket how would you look at it and what are some of the roles you primarily do for female cricket at the moment some of the roles i think all of the roles right <laughs> <laughs> when you start something of your own and mm. it's obvious right it's your baby you need to nurture it you need to feed it you cannot expect someone else to do it in the initial stages mm. uh, uh, precisely so it, it it began with website designing because i came from it background mm. uh, i i knew how to move around with websites i knew how to design develop uh, websites uh i had seen how very closely seen how social media can uh work in your favor to create a community a digital community for you so i did that as well i used to write content in the initial days for the website mm-hmm. used to manage social media handles uh also learned video editing uh final cut pro 
uh, your Adobe Premiere Pro, all of those softwares. Uh, hiring HR, you are the HR when you start something of your own, mm-hmm. right? So I've done that as well. Uh, contacting these female cricketers for interviews, scripting uh, those questions for them. So it, I, I think uh, not just me, uh, everyone who starts his or her own business has to do all of the things in the initial stages. And as and when you expand, you have more and more people under your wings uh, working with you is when you sort of delegate the task. Hmm. But initially, you have to do everything. Right. And, uh, you know, how have things changed since you first started uh, working in this industry? Because, you know, focusing on women's cricket is such a niche field, right? So what were some of the early challenges and setbacks you encountered? The early challenges, like I mentioned, you know, uh, for a news portal, a news portal or a news agency, it makes money, the large amount of money through advertisements. Hmm. And uh, who are the uh, ones who want that advertisement? The brands. Now, the brands would pay money only when they see a value, only Hmm. when they see uh, people going gaga over a topic. Now, women's cricket back in 14, 15, 16, it wasn't televised much. Hmm. So there wasn't a lot of visibility to to the side of cricket. So the brands would not know uh, whether this particular entity, whether this industry has potential or not. So the initial challenges, which so far it has been mitigated, but again, there's a lot of scope and a lot of work that needs to be done. Hmm. But back in 1516, the the challenge, the major challenge used to be, uh, you know, how will you sustain this? Because you are running a website, there are people you need to pay, uh, you need to write good quality articles, you need to travel for interviews, but then you would hardly get any uh, brands to pay for that. You would mm-hmm. hardly get any a monetary value out of it. So that was the initial challenge, which uh, I think every industry faced, but women's cricket in general, because of the lack of exposure, lack of uh, uh, visibility, uh, we had to face a lot right and you've been watching women's cricket for such a long time now so according to you how has women's cricket evolved now you can talk about this from any time period that you want to but uh, thoughts in the same how has it uh, evolved in, hmm. in 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 simple terms massively hmm. uh, from what it was back in the 80s 90s to early 2000s to where it is now you know, there has surely been an uphill progression. Uh, it could be in terms of infrastructure, could be in terms of uh, participation, more visibility, more matches, uh, things being live streamed, the overall remuneration, the pay has gotten better for the cricketers. So mm-hmm. it has grown leaps and bounds. But as they say, there's always a scope for improvement. Uh, likewise, women's cricket is, I feel, is still at a nascent stage. There's so much more that can be done to globalize it further, mm. to take it to far corners of the world. Just like, uh, you know, uh, the popularity that football enjoys. Mm. Uh, we all look up to football as a sport, right? When it comes to being global. Yeah. I think uh, women's cricket uh, can be that sport, but there's, there's a long way to go and a lot of work that needs to be done. 
Absolutely. And you know, talking about globalizing too, cricket always claims to be like a global sport. But we saw this edition of the Women's World Cup where there was just eight teams participating. Although the World Cup was amazing and we did get to see some top quality matches. Do you feel it's time for ICC to, you know, make it a more inclusive space for the associate nations, get in more teams and make it like a football World Cup type uh, World Cup? So, talking about this World Cup, as you rightly pointed out, it was a spectacular tournament, right? Hmm. Uh, the story would have been different had India, India won that semi-final against South Africa. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, an outstanding show of women's cricket, I must say, uh, which is the need of the hour. Right from the first game where we saw, you know, West Indies, uh, and who would have imagined, will beat New Zealand, right? Hmm. Uh, the, the host nation. And it went till the final match, which was between Australia and England, where Nats Kiver uh, held that fort at one end and almost took England to that victory lap. Yeah. So overall, uh, if I had to summarize the, the tournament, the entire tournament in few words, it was a memorable one. Hmm. Though there was a delay due to the COVID-19, because the tournament was initially, it was supposed to be held in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the wait was all worth it. Not seeing India in the semis and not seeing Mithali and Julan get their hands on that coveted World Cup trophy hmm. is, is, is a pain and will always be. Uh, no second thoughts there. But if you ask for key takeaways, it was uh, you know the overall prize money that saw an increase. Hmm. Uh, what I read was that there was 75% increase in the prize money. Hmm. Uh, compared to the previous edition, uh, with the you no, know, with the eight teams that participated, they took home uh, in total of three point five million US dollars, which was yeah. one point five million more than the previous edition. So this this marked an increase in the prize money during the Women's World Cup for consecutive editions. Hmm. It was definitely a welcome change, a much needed one, and I hope the the next world cup i think the next world cup is in india right the 2025 world cup yeah yeah hmm. 2025 odi world cup yes so i do hope that this particular the prize money special especially will uh, will and should see another increase uh, you know in the in the bucket Absolutely. And, you know, talking about remarkable events, we had the Commonwealth Games this time around that did feature the women's event. And we again got to see some top quality matches. And although India did, you know, (laughs) end up with a silver medal, we still have a lot to be proud of. So what are your thoughts on the recently concluded Commonwealth Games? And do you see that Olympic bid for, you know, cricket getting included happening anytime soon? Again, a a fabulous show of women's cricket, right? very difficult to put my thoughts and gather all my thoughts in a few lines here <laughs> yeah uh, about this very historic commonwealth games and it was special for not just one right for a lot of reasons hmm. it was it was grand in all sense uh, i'm yet to get a, an actual figure as to how many people uh, were impacted as to how many people tuned in to watch the games hmm. or uh, what was the overall crowd that flocked at the stadium to support their favorite team but uh, all in all I think it was a win for women's cricket as a whole Mm. and uh, we also made a tweet on our female crickets handle if you remember Mm -hmm. uh, include women's cricket at the Olympics yeah Uh, 
I think it had close to 400 likes and more than 100 retweets. Hmm. So definitely there's an appetite people who genuinely want women's cricket to grow. Yeah. Uh, want to watch women's cricket at the Olympics. Could be at 28, could be at 20, uh, 32. There's also some news today. I think uh, Australia is pushing it, pushing cricket to be in the Olympics yes. in 2032. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely see that happening. And once that happens, imagine the amount of eyeballs this particular sport would generate. Imagine mm-hmm. the kind of participation that it would lead to. More and more newer audience, newer continent, uh, newer fans would get to sort of engage with this sport. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know, I mean, now cricket is a global sport and this is, these are certainly, you know, interesting developments in the world of cricket. But even when we focus on now Indian cricket, right, how do you rate the domestic structure in India for women's cricket? Do you think there have to be some structural changes that India can perhaps bring in or, you know, even draw inspiration from Australia, England, New Zealand and South Africa? And do you also have any suggestions for the BCCI to just make it a little better for women cricketers in India? Uh, Talking about so I think the the crux of the question was the domestic structure mm. in Australia, England, uh, and how it is as compared to Indian market, correct? Mm-hmm. So see, the national team is only good as the domestic team that feeds it, okay? Mm. So for example, Australian women's cricket and their dominance, which is super popular, uh, which we see after every tournament, be it ICC tournament or be it any global tournament. Hmm. They won six out of eight world titles between 2010 and 2020 decade. Okay. In that 10 years, they won almost six out of the eight world titles. And it all comes down to Australia having the strongest women's domestic cricket in the world. Hmm. You also add a 2022 ODI World Cup trophy in their cabinet. You also add Commonwealth Games gold medal, uh, which I think it happened a few few weeks back right Hmm. they are just class apart england isn't too far behind they do have a decent domestic structure in place uh their uh, women's super league also known as kia super league Hmm. which is now transformed into the 100 has been a huge plus it uh it has led to an increase in the bench strength for sure we have seen the likes of uh, freya kim or elise capsi who are fast-tracked into the national setup because they got the early exposure through these franchise cricket. So for India, you have examples set in front of you. You have WBBL. We mm-hmm. have seen match winners emerge in the likes of Kalia Magra, Ash Gardner. Who else do we have? We have Darcy Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the list is endless. You talk about the 100, a KSL particularly, it has given us players like Emma Lamb, Sarah Glenn. Uh, so you, you just need to replicate the same model here in India as well. Hmm. That's the only suggestion I think I have for now. Just start it. Having said that, you also need to understand that the domestic structure of, uh, of the Indian women's cricket have undergone a lot of changes. Hmm. In fact, hmm. four to five different changes in last two decades uh, from the time it combined the the merger happened with the bcci wci merger happened with the bcci mm-hmm. but the, the best and i always say this the best time to start women's ipl was five years back after the success <laughs> of 
2017 women's world cup hmm. the next best time is now absolutely you know my next question was going to be that that do you believe that women's ipl is the way to go ahead for women's cricket and most importantly the indian game uh did, did you uh, see this uh, the pin tweet right on female cricket hmm? not the pin tweet of course you can refer the pin tweet as well it also talks about the same thing yeah. but uh, smriti mandana's chat with an interviewer who a uh, very recent interview i think it was just yesterday hmm. uh, this interviewer this person asked uh, asked smriti mandana what are your views on women's ipl hmm. and she gave a reaction if you have not seen it you <laughs> must go and watch that reaction it's there on our uh, twitter handle okay. very recent you, you wouldn't have to scroll much uh, and that reaction says it all i think it was on behalf of all the fans all women cricket supporters mm-hmm. uh, we are done with the exhibition games yeah okay uh, i i don't know why it has taken us so long to officially establish and announce the women's ipl mm. uh, playing alongside alongside cricketers from different countries and leagues in england and australia it has benefited our players so mm. uh, smriti mandhana harmanpreet kaur dipti sharma has been fortunate enough to play in these leagues okay and their numbers prove it we have enough data to back the statement that mm. their cricket has improved drastically their cricket has improved a lot by playing in these foreign leagues hmm. correct additionally you have so many players in the domestic circuit who are waiting to grab that opportunity hmm. okay giving kiran navgire uh, who used to play for maharashtra then moved to nagaland uh, who was quite a a hot topic in the discussion a few months back before mm-hmm. the women's t20 challenge earlier this year she was given two to three exhibition games that's it and mm-hmm. it is just not enough you have so many players today there i mean who says and who is questioning that there is not enough bench strength you have simran dil bahadur you have players like amanjot kaur you have pratyusha from bangalore mm-hmm. there's player called indrani roy from west bengal uh, who has made a, a mark muskan malik is another young exciting talent from agra there is bhavna olan and the list is endless what's the future for them now women's ipl is definitely the answer to a lot of these questions if if not all the questions Absolutely, it is the need of the hour that you know the BCCI gets started with the women's IPL, and the promise is 2023. So we will be waiting with bated breath to you know uh, see this uh, league get off, and you know we have we have so much of talent. And on the same line of thought, how excited are you, you know to see uh, leagues like WBBL? Now we'll also have the women's CPL, the women's PSL, and even the Fair Play Global event. So do you think this is a welcome step in the right direction? uh uh talking firstly about fair break okay now fair break experience was just outstanding hmm. uh why fair break first because there's immense literature there's lot being said told about wbbl cpl psl but there's not much light thrown on fair break this hmm. global event okay that's the reason why i am talking first about the fair break now i i i did 
had this chance to be a part of this event earlier mm-hmm. this year in in dubai uh, the experience was outstanding a, a cultural melting pot okay you know you have players from around 35 countries uh, gathered in one city mm-hmm. rubbing shoulders with the who's and who's of cricket suzy bates sofie divine diandra dotton haley matthews marizan cup laura wolfart and they're all playing with associate players hmm. they're all sharing their thoughts uh sharing what their inhibitions are sharing what the strengths are with the the associate players like maria momar from kuwait hmm. sita rana magar from nepal uh roberta moretti from brazil gunjan hmm. shukla from sweden divya from singapore and again this list is endless there were 90 players in all okay uh, out of which uh, i think 60 players from associate and 30 were from uh, from the test playing nations hmm. so i for the very first time got to meet them face to face and it had been a it had always been a virtual conversation with these legends of the game uh. but meeting them personally and seeing how grounded they are how humble they are for example suzy sophie marizan cap they were very polite okay mm-hmm. and uh, overall the event was great and i just wish more and more success to fairbreak in in all aspects going forward mm-hmm. now coming back to the other leagues like women's big bash league your uh, women's caribbean premier league uh women's uh, pakistan super league the main goal uh behind franchising cricket is to do with the advertisement and the promotion of the game okay hmm. young girls who are watching the sport they now have leagues to look forward to and to aim for because not everyone ends up in the national setup hmm. right you have top 15 20 players who get selected in the national cricket out of which 10 or 12 get uh, some contracts or get paid not every cricketer gets a monthly or an annual salary hmm. okay so these leagues or these franchise based tournaments that is what becomes even more important so yeah again the amount of girls who are now taking up sport or taking uh, interest in women's cricket has undoubtedly uh, risen and as long as the purpose are met which is to globalize the game involve more and more girls to the sport uh using cricket as a vehicle to to create a lot of social awareness as long as these objectives are met i think it's all good absolutely and now we see even the under 19 world cup that's scheduled to happen in 2023 so how excited are you for this event as well for under 19 women's world cup yeah yeah more than me i'm sure the younger girls <laughs> they are more excited uh <laughs> of for this tournament for all the right reasons and my my first thought is that it's all going in the right direction uh the young girls at the age of 10 12 who are starting to play cricket now they have a motivation and incentive in mind hmm. because we we work at the grassroots we as in female cricket and i have seen girls losing interest and then eventually dropping off from the game dropping off from cricket after 2 to 3 years hmm. because they don't end up playing at the higher higher level or professional level in 2 to 3 years and then that motivation dies down 
yeah the parents would then start telling them okay it's, it's done you have spent good 2 to 3 years now you need to get back to studies or you need to focus on your college or you need to get married so that motivation or that incentive is missing hmm okay uh so for someone who is starting at at that young age can now aim for under 19 world cup and once you get into that ecosystem of playing professional cricket it's it's pretty much streamlined streamlined for you hmm. so in a in a simple sentence i am very very excited that something of this sort is finally taking place again covid had its interruptions uh, due to which the tournament had to take a back seat but i'm sure that these young aspirants will now finally get a chance to uh, show what they have exactly you know it will be uh, very exciting for these young talents to showcase uh, what they've got and this is on the world stage right so it is some very uh, exciting times for us right so so now we have spoken about franchise cricket and its importance but uh, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum with respect to the longest format of the game now in the recent past we've seen how we've had some amazing test matches right so uh, do you think the women's game also deserves a lot more tests and what are some of the major reforms that you'd like to see again the simple answer is yes of course <laughs> bring more test matches uh, in women's cricket as well Hmm. uh again you got to understand that this whole argument about test cricket about the test matches that they're too long hmm. and that they don't attract enough crowds uh you you do have a few crowds when you see india australia or england playing but uh for the other countries you cannot actually guarantee a lot of people turning up at the stadiums hmm. so they don't make uh, for good tv Uh, across four days, five days uh, tournament, and they are also expensive to hold. Okay, mm. now these are the general argument that we have been exposed to so far, uh, and also the fact that with ICC and the other member boards, they are very keen to use T Twenty as a vehicle to spread the women's game to far more countries to TV screens, mm. and that is the reason why Test cricket has been. the back seat hmm. but if you ask the players okay uh, which plays or which uh, essentially is a major stakeholder in this entire ecosystem hmm. a majority of them want to play test cricket the case they make for test cricket is that it comes from a standpoint of skills and pride right. now just to quote uh, the legend julan goswami uh, she she says that the test is one of the most challenging cricket that she has ever played hmm. uh, you definitely need a lot of mental strength in odis and t20s as well but test cricket is a different ball game altogether uh, you need to switch off and switch on uh, very frequently hmm. and uh, particularly when you are bowling after a lunch or at the end of the day so test cricket is the ultimate form of cricket no doubt no questions uh, around that and if the legend julan goswami is calling for more women's test matches who am i to say no or oppose that thought absolutely sir because uh, you know we have seen how there have been some concerns with regarding you know how it's just a few countries who are playing uh, test cricket but here's hoping that we get to see a lot more countries investing so you know you can get to see a lot more teams playing 
Now, how do you think, you know, the women's game can be marketed better to the investors? Now, we have seen how matches are not televised often. So do you think, you know, televising matches will help generate more revenue, uh, bringing in more advertisers will be needed? Do you have any tangible suggestions that can actually, you know, make it profitable so everyone is invested? Uh, again, we need to understand that the burden of getting fans and sponsors uh, for matches, fans to the stadiums and sponsors for matches and tournaments, uh, and the revenues in women's cricket ecosystem should not be only on the players. Hmm. Okay, the players' focus uh, it has to be on the game, but not on the result. Uh, but instead, uh, it has to be on those running and marketing the sport. So, for example, if ICC is conducting a tournament, uh, a global tournament, they take the whole and sole right of getting the sponsors on board. But when it comes to bilateral tournaments, we have always seen uh, a lot of issues popping up with mm-hmm. regards to whether the matches will be uh, televised or not, whether will there be any live streaming or not. We recently saw that uh, happening with the India-Sri Lanka series, correct? Hmm. So, the whole point is that it can be marketed well, provided it is given to the right stakeholders. Okay. Hmm. We have seen in case studies in front of us, case in point, uh, double headers in, in uh, Big Bash League, double headers in the 100, where you have both men and women of the same franchisee playing on the same day at the same venue. Okay. Hmm. Now, the WBBL, which was launched back in 2015, it quickly became the uh, the best women's sport league in Australia. Partly because it allowed a crossover of fan loyalty. Hmm. Having that same team uh, playing in the Big Bash League. So what happened was existing Sydney Thunder fans, existing uh, Melbourne Renegades fan could identify with the Sydney WBBL team as well. And it was easier for them because they were the same color, they were the uh, same theme and it goes by the same uh, emotions as well hmm. so the suggestion is that something of this sort can be replicated in women's cricket as well particularly in women's IPL hmm. and you must have seen uh, in the news lately that Rajasthan Royals Kolkata Knight Riders and CSK hmm. uh, and some of the other franchises they have shown interest in investing in women's franchisee as well hmm. You just need to create a property, market it well, and you will find buyers. Exactly. And, you know, hmm. on on that. Right. And, uh, you know, this is another uh, big question, right? Now, what are some of the major reforms that you would like to see in the women's game that the ICC, right, at the helm can incorporate? And, uh, you know, do you have any other suggestions on how the ICC can also make it a more inclusive space for the associate nations? I mean, they're doing stuff but then do you think that needs to be more uh, you know intent uh i mean there are a few suggestions uh but again may not be applicable to all the organizations and to all the member bodies hmm. can be replicated in uh, some of the cricketing nations okay uh, for example the first is to have a very solid women's cricket development team and this includes all female stakeholders, all female decision makers hmm. with equal power at their disposal. Yeah. Because they don't have to, they don't just have to make the decisions, but they also have need to have the power to implement them. 
so you have right from the ceos to your marketing team to your business developers have this exclusive women's cricket vertical in place to work mm. at the domestic and the international level it could be all female uh, all female members but a separate vertical has to be there in each and every cricketing board in each and every cricketing nation that mm. overlooks that uh, conducts and and create guidelines for the women's cricket uh, in their respective countries okay mm-hmm. now that is the first quick suggestion that i i have uh, secondly is there's this whole debate happening around mental health and physical fatigue and i understand that there's a lot of cricket happening also okay especially in men's cricket men's cricket and women's cricket there's there's a lot of scope and there's still a lot of improvement but in men's cricket there's a lot that is happening okay hmm. so again it could be subjective but my thought is that i would not like to see every cricketing nation coming up with their own cricket league okay hmm. for the very simple reason to not to dilute the whole essence of league cricket i understand we are still at a nascent stage when it comes to women's cricket league and there is definitely a scope to add 3 to 4 more solid leagues but you, when you look at the men's cricket it is completely packed mm. there is caribbean premier league in west indies there is bangladesh premier league you have sri lanka premier league there is big bash in australia you have the 100 going on in the uk mm. you have ipl the the elephant uh, in india right Hmm. and apart from this you also have those bilateral matches so it it can cause issues which we have started seeing in men's cricket which is your entire cricket is packed with tournaments there's hardly any rest hardly any family time and we also need to understand that you need time to recover the cricket is not just cricket or not just, or any sport for that matter it takes a toll on your physical health hmm. it takes a toll on your mental as well and uh, you know with too many cases these days popping up where we see cricketers either opting to take a temporary break uh, for example meg lanning hmm. or a cricketer is taking a permanent break like uh, ben stokes right it is important to keep that balance now how do we maintain that balance is uh, is a question and i think that that is what needs to be addressed by these cricketing bodies with uh, with these cricketing associations right and here's hoping you know the icc can uh, take a note of this and uh, bring in the right stuff you know so that the organizations can help the cricketers better and we see um, you know much better space for cricket as well and uh, you know we've spoken a lot of cricket so what are other things that you are passionate uh, besides cricket like how do you just unwind and relax from everything that's happening uh a tough question <laughs> <laughs> uh how do i unwind this i love to travel but i don't get time to travel okay hmm. uh very little and even if the travel traveling happens uh, it is always for work uh so i don't think how do i answer this question of yours but the other things that i love apart from cricket is in general how to solve a problem hmm Uh, I like to find problems, and then I like to find out ways through which it it can be solved. Mm-hmm. Okay, I definitely love cricket, but I love all the other things that cr- makes this cricket more powerful. 
that makes cricket so so special the mm. whole community angle to it uh, how cricket is being used to convey social messages how mm. it is being used to uh, being used as a tool to eradicate a lot, lot of social taboos uh, in the society uh, the whole business side of things the money side of things i'm um, i'm very fascinated with that aspect of cricket i'm not sure if i asked <laughs> yeah. your question but mm. uh, uh, unwinding it, it it just happens on the go uh, when you see india playing a cricket match and winning it you you just kind of unwind there right because yeah. it's more like an entertainment for you <laughs> and when they lose you again get into that that stressed zone and uh, if there's no looking back you, you cannot come uh, come back from that zone <laughs> right and in your case too uh, female cricket uh, came from a website and now you you're all over social media so how has social media you know played a crucial role in your life and how do you just keep up with all the trends and manage everything that's happening uh social media definitely played uh, has played a huge role not to not in my personal life as much hmm. uh, but professionally female cricket uh, it began primarily when it began it was always on uh, social media the hmm. whole idea was to build a community a digital community around it because that way conveying a message was uh, far far uh, easier so to say so social media definitely has played a huge role and very difficult to put again in, in words because now when i look back everything all the community all the members fan follower engagements that we have is is all digital hmm. so i've had so many wonderful conversation because of social media i've had a chance to meet and greet with with the with the legends uh, because of social media hmm. <laughs> right and uh, what's on cards next for female cricket and you personally as well do you have any exciting projects in the professional front are you planning to pen a book anytime soon anything exciting ah uh, lot of things again lot of things uh, mm-hmm. there are a few things coming exciting or not only time will tell <laughs> but uh, all i can say is that we are just 1% of of what we want to be Hmm. uh we're just starting out and it still feels that uh we have not done enough uh or not contributed enough uh, to women's cricket hmm. I, again it's a it's my personal feeling uh, although the people that we work with they they might and they may feel different but i i definitely feel when i look at the challenges when i look at the whole ecosystem and the opportunities that exist Hmm. uh i feel that there's a long long way to go and uh, i don't know when and when will that satisfaction uh, uh come of achieving something but definitely in the right process in the right way i would say which is something that has kept us going <laughs> right and uh, with that we uh, draw curtains on the interview part of this and let's move on to the rapid fire so are you excited uh not very excited because <laughs> i'm bad, very bad with rapid fires uh until unless you ask me very easy questions i i'll give uh, give it a, a rapid answer but otherwise laugh <laughs> allow me some time to think right no worries and uh, let's get started 
So sure. what is the one big thing you want to happen for the women's game? Uh, right away, an immediate answer is women's IPL. Okay. And uh, your favorite cricket book of all time? I have not read much, uh, but the most recent one was MS Dhoni's uh, book by Bharat Sundaresan. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the title now, but it's by uh, uh, the writer Bharat Sundaresan. Right. And uh, your favorite cricket authors and writers? Uh, there are many, would be injustice to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are many. Uh, starting from uh, you know Sharda Ugra uh, mm-hmm. or uh, Anisha Ghosh who works for ESP in Cricket Show. You have Snehal Pradhan, Siddharth Moga, Bharat Sundaresan, like I said. Mm-hmm. There are many. Abhishek Mukherjee. And they all, they, they all write about women's cricket. They talk about women's cricket. Pure advocate of women's cricket in general. Hmm. So I definitely enjoy writing, uh, reading what they write. Yeah, last but not the least, your most precious memorabilia or takeaway from this game so far? Uh, now I have a lot. Uh, so what happened was when uh, when I knew that I, I'll be in Dubai for fair break, Hmm. Uh, fair, fair break event. Uh, I, I knew a few cricketers uh, because I had interacted with them in the past and these were all virtual conversations okay hmm. so I knew Mariam Omar for example uh, who used to play for Kuwait back in 1415 and had only interacted with her uh, over the call or whatsapp but never actually had a chance to meet her in person so hmm. I requested her to get me a signed uh, cap a, a, a a national cap from Kuwait, oh. which is part of the national team. Hmm. So she got me one and also signed it for me. There is one from Austria that I have now, a jersey of the Austrian national cricket team. Hmm. I also have a jersey from uh, the Singapore-based cricketer called Divya. Oh. Uh, so I have a Singaporean national cricket jersey now. I also have had the honor of uh, meeting Winnie Fred from Malaysia, who is the mm-hmm. captain, who used to captain the Malaysian cricket team. So n- I now have a training jersey of the Malaysian women's cricket team. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are priceless. Uh, there's, there's a lot. I've also had the chance to talk to the likes of Neerana, Jemima Roderick, mm-hmm. and have them sign a few autographed, uh, a few, those miniature bats, right? So I have uh, those signed uh, miniature bats with me. These, <laughs> these are priceless. These are priceless. When we set up our office, hmm. our office, someday we would want to have these things on display so that uh, not just me, the other team members can also get inspired and you know, put in equal uh, hard work and emotion in the work that they do. Exactly. And uh, that does conclude our rapid fire segment as well. And uh, before we wrap up the episode, do you have any parting thoughts or a message for our listeners? Uh, women's just, just promote women's cricket as much as you can. Uh, whenever there are matches being held in your respective city, uh, please go and watch the match from the stadium. That means and adds a lot of value to this whole ecosystem. Hmm. Uh, 
be a critic if you don't like something you can be vocal about it but uh, do not abuse because i have very recently seen a lot happening especially on twitter where people they went out their frustrations by tagging players or by abusing players mm. uh, that is not the right way to do it uh, if you don't like something you can be a, a a positive critic you can put out your emotions but again tagging players just for uh, the sake of uh, getting unnecessarily attention i mm. think that should not be done uh, apart from that it's all good and keep keep supporting us also keep supporting female cricket like i said there's, there's so much that we want to achieve mm. and uh, we won't be able to do it alone we need people we need fans to support this game and fans are the ones who make this the sport right yeah uh, make any sport beautiful so i would love their support uh, and hopefully get to the other 99% where we want to be very soon <laughs> right that is a fitting conclusion and with this we conclude the episode thank you so much sir for your taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing such insightful thoughts it was an absolute pleasure interviewing you uh, this was a great collaboration i hope you know we can uh, again uh, have a discussion on the podcast and until next time take care sir thank you so much neha you have been a great host and i must also add that uh, it was great having you on the panel to uh, talk about uh women's commonwealth games yeah. which just got done uh, mm. in uk uh, you you had a lot of uh, points to add and very valid points uh, so to say and uh, we would love to have you on the future chats as well i think i did tell you uh, in private but choosing this uh, forum using this <laughs> podcast would mm. want to thank you again for being a very vocal advocate of uh, women's cricket in general thank you for doing that and thank you for having me on this chat i i had a good time talking about my journey it is always good going back to those old days and talking about your about your journey <laughs> thank you so much sir I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast. It really gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out @never_on_the_back_foot on Instagram and @never_on_the_back_one on Twitter for the latest facts, trivia, quizzes, terminology and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions on the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.